Welcome to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point, the B2B marketing podcast where we show you the proof in the form of case studies and success stories, and we get straight to the point so you can learn something valuable and get on with your day. Each week, we'll feature a top B2B marketing leader and discuss their revenue-generating strategies. You'll get actionable tips and learn how to accelerate growth through seriously smart marketing. Now it's time to have a look at the proof and get to the point with your hosts and founders of ProofPoint Marketing, Mike and Gabby Grinberg. Welcome to Show Me the Proof and Get to the Point. We are your hosts, Mike and Gabby. And this is the B2B Marketing Podcast, where we show you the proof in the form of case studies, and we're going to get straight to the point so you can learn something valuable and be on your day. Today, we are joined by Brooklyn Nash, Head of Content at Sales Hacker. And let me tell you, if you are not following Brooklyn on LinkedIn, you are missing out. So go, everyone, and follow Brooklyn on LinkedIn. Brooklyn, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's dig right in. We want to get to the proof. Tell us about something really exciting, a campaign that you worked on. I know you have some really juicy stuff for us today, so let's get right into it. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about today was the SEO audit and update project that we launched these first six months in my time at at Sales Hacker as head of content. So I had a ton to learn when I was jumping in to Sales Hacker and still have a ton to learn. But one area I know well is SEO um, and knowing the vast amount of content that Sales Hacker has online. I knew there was going to be a huge opportunity for or a growth in or, organic search. Um, so after my first month, maybe two months of learning the ropes, uh, my first big project was to audit the current content that was up on Sales Hacker and identify low-hanging fruit, as the phrase goes, for uh, optimizing and updating for 2021. Awesome. Awesome. So t- tell us about, like, let's get right into the proof here. What what were the results? You did you did the audit, and now the, the work's sort of paying off. What what are we what are we seeing as as impact? Yeah. So we're only about. of the way through execution. Um, We identified 100 pages, 80 of them are fully updated. There's a handful that are waiting on new images. um, Oh, actually just basically new images for infographics or featured images. Um, But with the implementation we've had so far, the last six, seven weeks, um, we're our organic, or sorry, our organic sessions are 43% above what they were this time last year. So tracking organic sessions the last 30 days compared to the same 30-day time period in 2020. Wow. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big impact. So let, let's let's get into some details. I mean, everybody, I think a lot of people have heard the words SEO audit and have a maybe a vague idea of what it is. But walk us through, what was your, like, what's the process? What what pieces are you looking at when you're putting together, when you were putting together this SEO audit? What was the focus? If you're going to put it in a phrase, it would be bringing up, <laughs> bringing all of our content up to date. Um, I mean, Sales Hacker is founded in, well, I should know if it's 2015 or 2016, but five or six years ago. And there's a ton of great content that just still has been sitting there since, you know, 2017, 2018. There was another round of updates before my time, but uh, a lot is ranking relatively well for their specific keywords. 
but could be ranking even better by providing a more up-to-date information and be the kind of content experience that folks are used to now in B2B. I mean, it, just the last few years, we've kind of seen a shift in the type of content that people value. So those are the two kind of points of view for deciding what got an update. So I'd like to dig into that a little bit because you're touching on a really good point here about the differences that people are looking for, the, the sort of evolution of B2B content. So in your perspective, what do you think is that evolution? What are people looking for? And how did you make that shift for the content at Sales Hacker? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it wasn't substantive. It was more in the, honestly, the formatting, how things are laid out, what was included, um, what was explained. So it was a lot of looking at where there was an opportunity to pull in more up-to-date resources so people could click through and learn more, um, either whether it's internal links or external links. And then two, just making sure that everything was laid out in as helpful a way as possible. I mean, these are all sales topics. Sometimes it can get kind of dense when you're talking about, you know, frameworks or KPIs or sales playbooks. Um, so just making sure that people were able to come onto the page, learn what they were tr looking to learn with whatever keyword they were using to, to, to find this page, and then either continue engaging with sales hacker content or pop off and know they can come back next time. So how did you, I mean, obviously you mentioned the company's been around for a number of years now uh, and putting out tons and tons of content. How did you identify where to focus your energy? Yeah, it was, uh, I told you right before the call, I'm not a, a super technical SEO, so it wasn't a super scientific approach, but it was, but it, worked. It, it worked. So <laughs> I guess that's what matters. That's the point of the show, right? Um, <clears throat> so for this first round, we're, we're gearing up to do a second round of updates with 50 pages. The first round was with 100 pages. And even the landing on 100 pages. Just, to, just to qualify this for everybody. So you're saying you're focusing on 100 pages. Out of how many are we talking? I'm guessing you're talking thousands. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, even landing on the number of pages wasn't super scientific. We have just over 1,000 articles on the site. Not pages, but actual mm -hmm. written articles. Uh, so I figured, you know, 10% would be a great place to start <laughs> uh, to update 10% of the content, right? That should give us um, some good a good place to start before jumping into round two and kind of reassessing. So uh, I already knew I wanted to update at least a hundred pages. I knew there was going to be a ton there. So I didn't think I was going to struggle to come up with a hundred pages that needed updating. Um, went into uh, SEM rush and basically had two criteria. Well, three criteria. One had to be older than a year. New articles could wait until round two. And then the other two either had to have it, the article either had to be ranking on page one, um, but not in the top three spots. So position four through 10 for keywords uh, with a volume of a hundred or more or ranking on pages two through five for keywords with a volume of 500 or more. And the thinking between differentiating those two is, Look, if it's bottom of page one, it's going to be worth it to try to give it a little bit of a bump, even if the keyword volume isn't super, super high. If it's lower, it'll be worth it, but probably only if there's a higher search volume for the um, for those keywords. 
so yeah, with those three criteria criterion <laughs> in place, uh, we very quickly identified the first hundred pages, and then tw about twenty more that I kind of put on the back burner to to reassess for for round two. So going through this audit of over a thousand, you know, you, you identified 10%, about a hundred pages of over a thousand articles. Now with that, you, you said you had a 43% increase in, uh, in on-page traffic in, what was it? On-page traffic or views, correct? Yeah. Organic sessions. Mm -hmm. Organic sessions, which is phenomenal by the way. So kudos to you and the team for doing this. I'd like to dig into some of the challenges that you faced when executing this. What were some things that, you know, were, were challenges that came up? Did you anticipate them? And if not, what were some of the things that you did to kind of circumvent those challenges? Um, I think there were two main challenges. One is pretty unique to Sales Hacker. Um, so that's kind of an aside. But the main challenge was, I mean, execution. We can plan all day, but figuring out how to create the bandwidth to take this audit that took, I don't know, 20 or 30 hours and then execute it, which would take more like 300 hours was, was the difficult part of bridging that gap. So that was a, a bigger challenge in the beginning was finding the right contractor to do it, figuring out what the right workflow would be so that I could oversee what was going on and approve updates and, and suggestions and have a lot of back and forth without a, eating up a ton of my time, or B, just kind of a, a contractor running wild and, and making updates that I didn't think needed to be made or shouldn't have been made. That's actually something I'd love to dig into in terms of, okay, you've identified the 100 pages. How do you decide what, what needs to be updated to make that move from whatever, say, position 10 to position 3? Um, right. What is it that needs to be done to get it there? Yeah, we went through a couple of rounds of that. The first round was when I was just running the audit. I would, once I realized the page was, you know, say an article is on, say, page two, ranking for this keyword that has, you know, a thousand searches a month. Um, I would look through the page, take, I don't think I gave myself more than five minutes per page and quickly jot down the things I thought needed to be updated. Sometimes it would be the images, they were either cheesy or out of date um, or didn't quite match. Sometimes it was uh, the statistics, sometimes it was adding context. So, you know, if something kind of by accident started ranking on page two or three, if we could add more context around, uh, you know, the specifics of account-based marketing, for example, then we could see that page increase pretty quickly. Um, so it was just identifying what was missing, and what needed to be changed very quickly. I just let just left it as one line note in a cell on the Excel sheet or Google sheet, I should say. Was it yeah. more gut feel kind of thing in terms of, Hey, I think this is missing. Or were you looking at also, I don't know, competitors or something like that? It was mostly gut feel. I mean, I've been doing content marketing for almost seven years. So pretty quickly having an understanding of, if this is ranking for X keyword, this is what people are looking for. Okay, th this is ranking for, I'm um, trying to think of a good example. Like, I don't know, maybe it's it's describing a specific process when in reality, what people are searching for is a description of the three or four different options you have for this process. So, okay, if this is the keyword, the most promising keyword, then we need to add a bunch of context in order for it to rank better than how it's ranking now. 
I think you have some folks in the background that would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, or disagree. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite sure. <laughs> well, Mike, are we ready to get to the point? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not just yet. Oh, yeah. Oh. I was going to. So, sorry. The rest of that process was that was just round one. Round two was. Uh, the the contractor we ended up bringing on, I asked, I created a handful of example briefs of what I was looking for. And it went in a lot more detail than what I had in my initial notes. It went through search intent. At that point, it did consider competing pages. It looked at what was performing top of page one and what was missing from our content, what was missing from their content that we could add to make it even better than what was on the top of page one, updated links, all of that. Um, and so our contractor put together briefs and I'd, I'd review and approve and go back and forth with comments and questions and, and we followed the workflow that way. So you mentioned, you mentioned briefs. I want to, before we jump into our, our lightning round here, um, I want to yeah. talk about briefs because I think a lot of people are probably working with external resources, especially if it's smaller marketing teams and mm-hmm. getting a good brief is critical to get not just the right output, but also kind of speed to delivery. Mm-hmm. So what, what in your mind, like what, what's a good brief? What, what's, what's included in a brief to make it good and make it work? Yeah. It, they'll look different depending on whether it's for net new content or an update. But <clears throat> in general, I think that the few pieces that are most important for any kind of content, whether it's new or an update is the number one target keyword, um, so not just a list of keywords, but this is the number one keyword we want to be going after. Then a list of secondary keywords. <clears throat> so you're only providing, if for any brief, you're providing one single focus keyword? Right, as a main keyword. Um, but then a list of, of secondary keywords that would be um, you know, sprinkled throughout, added in some headers. Maybe it's a for a snippet, what have you. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is honestly search intent what are people looking for when they're searching this keyword? Um, Are they looking for a guide? Are they looking for, you know, like a how-to guide? Or are they looking for an explainer? Are they looking for, uh, you know, templates and examples? Um, With those intent questions, you can get a better understanding of what's missing from your page and what you need to add in. And are you doing that? And when you're just when you are deciding what the intent is, are you doing that based on uh, like research or competitor research in terms of top ranking? Yeah, related keywords is big. Um, Honestly, usually the page one results are a good indicator because they're the ones that have been rewarded with Mm -hmm. engagement. So those are the ones that's what people are looking for. Um, And then the people also ask section. Um, which usually comes up after, you know, the first or second result is a great way and kind of a, a cheating way to to figure out what people are looking for and how. So how many, um, so you got the, you got the brief and then I guess also one, one other question about the brief, are you including, so you got focus keywords, you've got, um, you got the search intent. Are you adding, is there anything else in that? <clears throat> are you providing, are you providing an outline? To your outsource resources, or are you expecting them to do it and you're approving it? Like, what's your what's the workflow for you to work with? Or how many writers were you using to, to do all this work? Yeah, just the one writer, well, one contractor, and he subcontracted out a, a bit of the writing, I believe. But in the the briefs, the example briefs I provided, it had those three elements I talked about. 
it had a description of essentially what the page one gold standard would be. So, you know, this is in position one or two and it's in depth and, and these are the parts of it that work really well. Um, and then a lot more specific about the updates we'll make to our own page. So is the title tag going to get updated and how is the meta, does the meta description need an update? Um, and then a whole litany of updates for this, that specific page, um, including new sections, you know, we need to add an H2 that gets into the why, because we don't really explain why this topic is important or the, the layout doesn't really make sense. We could make this a lot more reader friendly with adding more headers and bullets and that kind of thing, adding in whole missing elements of the topic. So, you know, if we're ranking for account-based marketing, but really it's a description of a case study versus a, an entire, you know, pillar guide, what types of things do we need to add to make it as in-depth and as helpful as possible based off of the search intent. So I did the first handful, um, but then honestly passed it off to our contractor. Uh, it's Nabil at Provectus Digital. He's been great to work with. And he took those and then he created a brief for each update based off of the initial notes I had left in the, in the Google Sheet. Would you be able to provide us, maybe we can put this in the show notes, um, an example of a brief? Sure, yeah, I can. Because again, that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. Mm-hmm. That the, a really good brief makes all the difference. I think we can both agree on, or all three of us can agree on, kind of output and speed to getting something out there. Good. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it'll count as a really good brief, but I can definitely share one. Um, awesome. I'll do it. Good point, Mike. Well, let's get to the point here because this show is called Show Me the Proof and Get to the Point. Brooklyn, you've done an amazing do- job of showing us and our audience the proof of what you've done and uh, the the growth that you have seen at growth at Sales Hacker because of this endeavor that you've now undertaken with round one. And probably it sounds like there's going to be a round two where you chip away at another 10% of those 1,000 pages. Um, but let's get to the point here. How could this work for other people? If there's somebody out there listening that has a similar size organization or that has, you know, upwards of a thousand or so articles on their site and they're thinking, oh man, I need to do an audit. Tell us, get to the point. Tell us how someone out there can do what you've done to see some of the results that you've achieved. Yeah. Um, that's is, short again, of well, short of working with Nabil, like Nabil. we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> been great to work with. Um, so I preface the show by saying I'm not a super technical, scientific, data oriented guy, SEO. Right? There's a right way to do this, and there's a quick way to do this. The right way would be to do a whole site audit, do an evergreen analysis, like look at which pages are losing ranking and losing traffic over time, you know, stack rank them, go deep on each, each element. That's like the right way to do that. Say that with finger quotes, this is audio podcast, (laughs) but that, I mean, especially if you're like a marketing team of one or two or three, one that's super overwhelming to try to do on your own. And two, it can get super expensive to hire an agency to, to do it. Um, for you. So then there's a quick way to look at the traction that you can get and um, the progress that you can make just over a few months. And I I honestly say that's what this was, was I think I still owe the site a full site audit and look at 
all of these different elements, but this is like the quick, <laughs> the quick version. So I'd say go into your favorite SEO tool, whether it's Ahrefs, SEMrush, you never know if you're supposed to say Ahrefs or Ahrefs or SEMrush or SEMrush. I still don't know. Go to whatever, I mean, whatever your favorite SEO tool is. <laughs> maybe, maybe if they're listening out there, they can tell us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and maybe they want to give our listeners a discount. I mean, I'm just saying. There you go, for sponsor. Right, right. <laughs> um, figure out what your criteria is. I mean, if you have a good amount of content that's ranking top three spots or on page one, ignore those. Look at those that are on you know pages two through five where updating it for 2021 or 2022 later this year will give you a good amount of traction. And you can, instead of looking at each page, you can quickly sort down a list of keywords. So do that sorting I talked about where you set your criteria and you sort the pages or you sort keywords by traffic um, <clears throat> and position. And then you start identifying the pages that's ranking and, and just keep checking back to make sure you're not adding duplicates and then add in subsequent keywords as you find them, highlight the top two or three keywords that you that you are focusing on for that page. Um, and then once you have the list of pages, go through each page, spend five minutes looking at what's missing, what you need to add, what you need to update, um, and then go in and, and do it or have a, have a contractor do it. And, and I would say add minutes if it's somebody who doesn't have as much experience as you do. Sure. Yeah. Take 10, 15, uh, max 15 minutes. I'm not talking for the full brief. I'm talking for gut feeling. These are the four or five things that need to be updated. On top of that, honestly, create a list of things that need to be updated across the board. Um, so for us, it was things like internal links, adding new internal links from 2020, external links. If we had a link from 2015, updating it to better data and better links from you know 2019 onward, I think was the guideline I gave. Um, meta descriptions, like making sure it's optimized for interest and click-through rate, all of that. So there's a list of things, like a laundry list of things you can do for every single page. But apart from that, look at the three or four elements that really need to be updated to, to compete for stuff that's on page one. And let's quickly go through some of the tools that you used in case others want to want to use some of the tools. So obviously you're using, uh, you, you mentioned like a Google Excel sheet to kind of mm -hmm. keep track of everything. Um, you have a really good brief. So that's probably also a Google Doc or a Word Doc, let's just say. Um, mm -hmm. And then you mentioned... Uh, Arefs, or we don't know how to pronounce that uh, you company. SEMrush. <laughs> SEMrush, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been using SEMrush. Um, SEMrush. That was already in our stack. Um, okay. Yeah. A any other tools that we can um, call out that might be helpful to somebody taking on this endeavor? Uh, not really, other than um, uh, Google Analytics and Google Search Console. I just basically cross-referenced each page with those to look at if there was anything extra, you know, if click through rate was super low, maybe we reassess the meta description, for example, or if it's been losing its keyword ranking, if you see it in Google search console, then, you know, prioritizing those that it's been losing its status from. Yeah. And then to kind of close the loop, um, either writing the content in-house or working with a freelancer or outside partner like Nabil, we got to give Nabil a shout out. Um, and uh, and then creative, obviously, if that's needed, um, if you have a creative partner in house, or how how do you guys attack creative at Sales Hacker? Do you guys have a a resource in house? 
We have a resource named Sam Hembry. She's our producer um, and she's fantastic. She does every anything and everything that's creative <laughs> on our end. So from social media to for this, it was uh, for a lot of them, probably maybe not half, but 40% we needed updated images. The, like the infographic was outdated or even the, the featured image was kind of animated, looked looked like 2015 not 2021 right so um she has a she still has a, a backlog that she's working through and, and updating uh, along with Nabil and I so we kind of have this little workflow going between the three of us awesome awesome well you showed us the proof we got to the point Mike is there anything else we're missing or that we'd we want Brooklyn to shed some light on uh no I was just gonna do like a one cent two sentence recap pretty much we're talking about Getting in there, looking at what keywords are ranking, figuring out where the potential upticks could be, and then uh, really focusing on content quality based on search intent. Right at a very high level, if we have to describe it, that catch yep. that. Yeah, that's that. That's the summary. In addition to a content brief, Brooklyn, we'd we'd love it if you could maybe uh, send us a link to one of your updated pages that includes the 2021 graphics and kind of, as you were mentioning earlier in the conversation, the way in which B2B marketers are, you know, the, the kind of new new content that, that people are looking you know, for. That would be cool. We could, we could do a link to uh, the archive. Uh, oh, like the Wayback way back Machine? Yes, we can do a link yeah. to the Wayback Machine. <laughs> yeah. Find it and then uh, know what the new and then one updated version. So a good comparison. Yeah, that, that'd be great to include in the show notes and it'd be a great practical way to show the proof and 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 allow people to get to the point in what you've done here. So thank you so much, Brooklyn. Before we end the show, we have a lightning round and we think it's pretty fun. So we're going to jump right in. Now, you haven't seen these questions before, so really it's just meant to be off-the-cuff answers. Um, there's no right or wrong answer here, so let's just dive right in. Uh, what's the main KPI you use to evaluate marketing success? Um, honestly, conversion rate. I feel like everything comes down to conversion rate. You can get all the organic traffic you want, but if the page doesn't convert, then something's off, whether it's the copy, the actual copy in your CTA or in the intent of the page. You know, people are browsing but not necessarily qualified traffic so mm, conversion good, rate good point um what's a new marketing strategy or tactic that you're looking forward to testing out this year i'm really looking forward to once we have the bandwidth <laughs> this month it's been next month for a few months now uh figuring out how to effectively and consistently repurpose content. I mean, we have a ton of content every week, not just our articles, but webinars, podcasts. Uh, we have LinkedIn live events now. So, and right now we don't have an established engine for pulling out quotes for tweets or, or pulling out snippets for little two minute video clips or designing image quotes. Um, yeah, just figuring out what the, what that muscle looks like and then building it as a team is really exciting to me. Well, when you figure that out, we're going to have you back on the show for another case study. Next year. That's the goal. <laughs> What's a tool or platform you use in your work that you couldn't live without? 
I mean, is this besides like Google Docs and Google Sheets? Because <laughs> that's number one. It could uh, honestly, be anything. I think uh, I think it'd be SEMrush, um, just because I I mean it's in one of my it's one of my pinned tabs along with Okta Calendar, uh, our editorial calendar, and Asana. <laughs> just because you can quickly jump in, you can look at competitor pages, you can look at partner pages, you can look into a specific keyword. I mean, it's more than just SEO. I feel like it gives you a very deep understanding of content very quickly. What's your favorite business word or phrase? I have a lot I don't like. I don't know what my favorite would be. <laughs> I was going to say that we might want to change that question. Like a pet peeve one? Um, it could be your favorite or your, not, or your least favorite. Let's put it I'll that way. I'll tell you what I'm not sure. The jury's still out on this one. Okay. Let's double click on that. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I cannot decide. I really like the concept because it's essentially saying, it's stopping and saying, tell me more. And in a, in a time when people are like, oh, yeah, and to your point, uh, X, Y, Z, or, oh, yeah, that reminds me about this. Like saying, like, let's double click on that is great because it stops, pauses, and says, I want you to say more on this. On the other hand, it's like one of those things, like, let's circle back. Like, it just sounds so cringy and, and, and even cliche at this point. So I like the concept. There's got to be like a better phrase for it, right? <laughs> I almost like let's circle back better than let's double click anytime. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel the like same way. <laughs> nails on a chalkboard for me, at least. But it's not about me. So let's keep going. Well, speaking of podcasts, besides Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point, what is your favorite podcast? Oh, how I built this. Awesome. Well, before it was before it was a startup podcast, like the first podcast from Gimlet. Like Alex is a fantastic narrator. Super interesting story, but that's done, right? Now it's how I built this. It's always fascinating. And Guy is just a fantastic interviewer. Guy Raz is Guy Raz. He's amazing. Totally yeah. agree. Um, what's your favorite business or marketing book? I don't really read business or marketing books. Like I I haven't since probably the four-hour work week like six years ago. <laughs> so how about other than a sales hacker? What's a what's your favorite business or marketing blog or YouTube channel? Yeah, um, I really like the first round review. Uh, it's just an in-depth, almost like interview style, long-form content from First Round Capital. They only release, I think, every couple of weeks, maybe once a month, but. That's one that's one of the few where I will read the whole thing, mm. not skim. That and uh, Morning Brew. I mean, that's that's just in my inbox every day. Yeah, good ones. All right, last but not least, who is a B2B marketing expert that you admire on LinkedIn? Hmm, so many. There's this couple named Mike and Gabby Grinberg. Um <laughs> Uh, We're gonna that tell, tell, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about that. that duo. They, they sound awesome. <laughs> uh, I think I'd say Eddie Schleiner, who does very good copy. He was at G two. Now he's running his own, or was running his own shop. Now he's doing it full time. Um, but I, I love his content just because it's so. I'm not a copywriter. I, I aspire to be a copywriter, but it's such. If content writing is kind of an art form, like copywriting is like this whole other plane of, of an art form, right? So I learn a lot by reading his stories, seeing his examples. Um, yeah, it's it's just kind of an education for me because it's so different than what I typically work on. Awesome. Well, Eddie, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. 
Fantastic. Well, Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an exciting conversation. I love the lightning round and getting to learn more about you. You sh- you you showed us the proof and we got to the point and this is what the show is all about. So thank you so much for joining us today. And everybody follow all. Brooklyn Ash from uh, Sales Hacker. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point podcast. Join us weekly for new episodes and seriously smart B2B marketing success stories. We'll show you the proof and get to the point every time. Find additional resources on the ProofPoint website, www.proofpoint.marketing, including the full episode library with show notes, guides, templates, and more great resources. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.